Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 7. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. They think they will be heard for their much speaking. Be not therefore like unto them. Your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. After this manner, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And today I want to speak to you for a few minutes on this subject. Prayer is a two-way street. Prayer is a two-way street. Jesus, I pray today that the word will go forth and strengthen faith in your people. I pray that they will be delivered from evil, that they will be able to focus on what is being said, and that they will take it personally, and that they will leave here stronger and better and closer to you than they've ever been. And may you receive all the praise and glory in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, you may be seated. <clears throat> the prayer that I just read to you in Christendom is used very, very frequently. It's called the Lord's Prayer. You will remember two things that I read to you. He said, do not use vain repetitions. Repetitions are repeating things that you don't even have to think about. They're already lodged in your computer. And as soon as you say, our Father, you could spit out the rest of the prayer without even thinking. And a lot of times, that's what we do with things that we have memorized of importance. And he warned us, don't do that. And do you know that's the only prayer that some people pray? That and give us this day our daily bread and a short little prayer at a meal, that also becomes a vain repetition. And God's not happy with that. I just got to tell you. He's not happy with boring, repetitive prayers. He wants something that's heartfelt. Something that is sincere. Something that is fresh. Just like you do. He did not say repeat after me. He said after this manner. So we have to be careful to understand what he was saying. The model prayer involves six things. Without repeating it, I'll tell you what the six are. It begins with worship, his will and not ours. Petitions, forgiveness, deliverance, 
and his kingdom, his power, and his glory forever and ever. Therefore, my talking should only be half of the conversation. So let me give you the wrong example of some important things that we can pray. And I'm gonna use myself as an example so that you can learn from it. I can get up and begin my prayer time with thanking God for the same things I thanked him for yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. And then I can go and say, and God, forgive me for anything, watch the repetitiveness now, forgive me for anything I have said or thought or done that has grieved you. Put my life under your blood and under your mercy and grace. And Lord, deliver me from evil, from the attacks of Satan against my mind, heart, spirit, soul, and body. And Lord, remember my family, and I can list each one of them and pray the same prayer for them. I can pray, Lord, remember all of the businesses and the businessmen that are in our church that need a blessing and need your favor and anointing on their businesses. And Lord, I want to make a list of all the people that I'm aware of that are sick and that are hurting physically, mentally, or emotionally. And Lord, I pray that you will guide me throughout this day and here are all of my appointments. Thanks for listening. Adios. Now all of the things that I mentioned, they're important. Wouldn't you agree? And and I try to cover all of those every time I pray. But how can I make my prayer time fresh? How can I make it exciting for God and for me without being repetitious? Because it would be rude for me to walk up to Brother Cordell and say, hey, Brother Cordell, how are you doing and not wait for an answer? Hey, how you doing? Let me tell you, I wanted to talk to you about, and blah, 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 blah. Thanks for listening. That would be rude, right? But we do it. We do it. Or we can talk for five minutes and say, well, is there anything you want to say, Karen? And before she can gather our thoughts, we cut her off. And we walk away from her. We are in such a hurry. Somebody say amen. amen. We're in such a hurry when it comes to God. You know, God, I got five minutes. Lord, is there anything you wanted to say to me? No? Okay. And Lord, be with me when I do this. I remember one time, I was, and I'm a violator. I'm, I'm confessing to you that I'm working on this. I, I remember one time it was raining, and when it's raining, I can't go for my walk, and so I'm in, in my car, and I don't take my phone during prayer time. I don't take any calls. 
I go somewhere where it's just me and God. I don't go to a public place. I don't, if I have to stay in the car during my prayer time, I don't play the radio. Somebody say amen. I mean, if you're holding a conversation with somebody, you can't be listening to something else, right? But anyway, I'm, I'm in my car and I'm riding along and I'm, I'm going down my checklist. God, I need your help with this and this person I'm meeting and this is their problem and this is what they want to talk about and I need your help and, and all that. And I must have taken a breath and he said, hold it. That's what he said to me, hold it. You're asking me to follow you around and help you. Wouldn't it be better if you followed me around and you helped me? We get it backwards. Who's the pilot here? And who's the co-pilot? I want you to think about that. Because the next time that you pray, you just need to say, and you know what, sometimes, my charming wife up there says she is an excellent listener. But sometimes, you need to say, Lord, I'm here to listen to you. I have nothing to say. What do you want to say to me? What can I do for you? You see, we think prayer is God answering our requests. But I'm here today to tell you that prayer is a two-way street. And you are the answer to God's prayers. Okay, I'm going to try and prove it to you in the next few minutes. Now I got my foundation laid. Here we go. You ready? Here we go. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. What is that? It's a prayer request from God to a man named Abram who will later have his name changed to Abraham. And he says, hey, Abram, move. Leave your family. Sell your house. Well, where do you want me to go, God? Well, just follow me. Just take it one day at a time. Just do what I'm asking you to do. I want to make you the father of a great nation. I want you to be the father of Israel. And if you do what I ask you to do, this is what I will do for you. What is that? It is a prayer request. And because Abram answered the prayer request, we have a great nation. That nation today is called Israel. 
Because somebody answered God's prayer request. There was a man, and his name was Moses, drawn from the water. That's what Moses means, drawn from the water. A baby that spent 40 years in Egypt, trained by his mother and by the Egyptians, 40 more years in a desert, herding sheep, until one day God brought him a prayer request. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 2. Excuse me. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, but the bush was not consumed. This is a prairie fire. These little brush piles start on fire, but they're consumed after a period of time. But this brush pile was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God gave him a prayer request. Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I. You know what God is waiting for? He's waiting for people that will turn aside. That will say, hey, I've got an agenda, God. I've got a plan. My day is scheduled. It is laid out. I'm going to do all this stuff. And you can either get on board or I'm going to plow through without you. And God says, hey, wait a minute. Take a look at this over here. I'm doing something over here with this bush. Do you ever see a bush that was burning and not consumed? So he turned and he looked at it. And he said, I've never seen that before. So he turned aside from his scheduled activities. You think these are nuisance interruptions and they're God moments. I get frustrated when I got a million things to do and somebody calls with something that I think is trivial, but it's important to them. And sometimes I've got to recognize that that's a divine appointment that was not scheduled. I didn't see it coming, but it is important. And I have to turn aside. And when God sees that I turn aside from my schedule, then he begins to talk to me and we're on a two-way street. Is anybody hearing me today? We're on a two-way street when I can turn aside from my schedules and my plans and say, God, you got something to say? Say it. And take your time. Because I can't think of anything that's more important than hearing from God. I can't, you talk about E.F. Hutton, E.F. Hutton, he ain't got anything to say compared to God. But when God speaks, I know this sounds bad, when God speaks, I need to shut up I need to quit jabbering, repeating my vain repetitions, going through my spiritual ritual so that I don't feel guilty about not praying. I know you're gonna, you might disagree with me when I say this, but I am learning 
that sometimes I just need to get up in the morning and begin my time with God with some thanks and some praise and then say, all right, God, you take over. What do, what do you want to say to me? If you want me to intercede for somebody, just bring that person's name or their face to my mind and I'll pray for them. If you want me to call them, as soon as I get home, I will call them. I will talk with them. Just direct me. Because the Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If I'm only led by myself, I'm on a one-way street. And so Moses, he turned aside and God spoke to him and said these words, verse nine of Exodus three. Now therefore behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me and I have seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. I see it. I'm hearing it. I hear their prayers. Come now, therefore. Here's my prayer request. I'm going to send you to Pharaoh so that you can bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Go talk to Pharaoh. Bring my people out. Now, we can talk about all the excuses. I'm not going to focus on that. I'm just focusing on this one thing. God said, here's my prayer request. You're the guy. Wait, wait, God. I can't go back there. I murdered a guy. I can't go back there. I'm not eloquent of speech. The people don't listen to me. Who am I? You're the guy that I'm offering this prayer request to. You're the one. The one, the one that I have chosen. Will you answer my prayer request? And because he did, millions came out of Egypt. Because one man answered a prayer request that came from God on a two-way street. Hmm. Should I go on? Can I tell you about Saul of Tarsus, a man who persecuted the church and had Christians put to death until one day God knocked him down on the road and said, you go over to this house on the street that's called Straight. You stay there. I'm sending somebody to you. And he knocked on Ananias' door and said, hey, Ananias, I got a prayer request for you. I want you to go to this house and there you're going to meet Saul and you're going to preach to him the gospel and you're going to restore his sight and you're going to baptize him and I'm going to fill him with my spirit. And Ananias said, oh, this is a bad dude. I want nothing to do with this guy. Are you going to answer my prayer request? Or not. I know what I'm doing. Anybody preaching with me today? When God asks you to do something, do you think he hasn't thought this through? Do you think he doesn't know the circumstances? 
You think he's just flying by the seat of his pants, so to speak? And then he's going to deal with these things along the way? He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what's best for you. He knows what's best for Saul. And that apostle wrote over half of the entire New Testament. Because one guy, what can you tell me about Ananias? Besides the fact that he preached Paul's conversion. You can't tell me anything. One thing he did. One prayer he answered. But it changed the world. Because somebody said, I'll do what you ask me to do. How about Peter? Gentiles can't be saved. Peter and Cornelius. I don't preach to Gentiles there. They're a bunch of heathens until God gives them a vision. Lowers a sheet of unclean animals and says, take, slay these animals and eat. And Peter says, oh, no, you don't, God. I know this is a trick quiz. I know that Jews don't eat these unclean animals. I'll have nothing to do with that. And the Lord says, do not call that which I have cleansed common or unclean. See, God knew what he was about to do, but he needed Peter's cooperation. And then he said to Peter, he said, three men are at your gate. They have a request of you. You are to go with them and doubt nothing. Yes, sir. That's your order? That's what I'll do. And the Italians were the first Gentiles that came into the church. Let's give the Italians a round of applause. Thank you, Italians. Because somebody answered a prayer request. I don't know if you've ever thought of it this way. How about, I want to give you one more. How about a man named Apollos? Tremendous, tremendous man of God. Great, outstanding preacher. Could keep crowds spellbound with his preaching until one day, Priscilla and Aquila, a husband and wife, what are they, apostles? No. Are they pastors? No. Do they hold some office or some title in the church? No. Well, God can't use them. Why not? God can use a mule if he wants to. Some of us act like mules. And God still uses us. What a merciful God we serve. A merciful God. And so Priscilla and Aquila, hey, Apollos, boy, that was, that was a great message you preached today. Man, I thoroughly enjoyed that message. But you know what? You're off on your baptism. You're baptizing according to John. That ain't right. Since Jesus was crucified, 
we've been instructed to baptize in Jesus' name for the remission of sins. That was for then, but this is, this is for now, since the crucifixion. And by the way, Apollos, the idea that you're preaching that people should receive the Holy Ghost, that's true, but they should receive the Holy Ghost as we did on the day of Pentecost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Just want to bring these things to your attention because God asked us to be here today to hear your preaching and now he has asked us to expound the word of God to you more fully. And you know what Apollos did? Thank you so much for bringing that to my attention. I was not aware of it but I believe that God used you to answer my prayers and this is the message that I will now preach. Already a great preacher, but not preaching the full truth. There are lots of good people out there that are walking in what they know. Don't be too hard on them. That's all they know. That's all they've been taught. That they're not aware of some of the things that you're aware of in the word of God. But you're the Priscilla's and you're the Aquilas. And you could say to them, hey, I wanna bring this to your attention. I know you're a person of influence or I know you're a Cornelius. And so I want to share with you more of what I have experienced and what the Word of God teaches. What is that? You are answering God's prayers. God would that none would perish, but that all would come to repentance. How's that going to happen without you? Because he ain't sending any angels and he ain't going to do it himself. Even when he knocked Saul down on the road to Damascus and Saul said, well, what, what do you want me to do, Lord? Tell me how to be saved. I can't do that. That's not my responsibility. But I got this guy and he'll answer my prayer request and he'll tell you. So do not be deceived, folks. Jesus is not going to preach the gospel, and he's not going to send angels, and Paul warned us about that too. He said, though we are an angel from heaven, preach unto you any other gospel than that which we have preached, let him be accursed. It's not up to the angels. It's not up to Jesus. It's up to you and I on a two-way street to answer the prayer requests of God for people. Praise God. You know what? I think I've made my point, so I'm just going to wrap this up. What about sick people? Well, Lord, I'm praying for sick people. Well, take a look here at James chapter 5, verse 14. God sends you. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. 
Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. The Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. What is that? You're answering God's prayer request when you pray for the sick. He's working through your life. Look at Luke chapter 4 and verse number 18. And I wish I could put your name in here, but I'll still use me. Because this scripture is for you. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. What about the lost? What about the lonely? What about the empty? What about the broken? You are the answer to God's prayers. You are the one that he sends to minister to their needs. We don't just hear about their situation. We minister to their situation because we are the answer to God's prayers. The spirit of the Lord is upon me and it is in me. It's in me. Listen to God cry out to you with prayer requests. He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself. He said, come unto me, all ye that, le- that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me. It's a prayer request. I don't want to see you suffer. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Study me. Spend time with me. Listen to me. Talk to me. I gotta tell you this. I, 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 I'm just gonna say it. My wife and I spend a lot of time in the car. And it is, a, it is precious time when it's just me and her alone. And we talk about anything and everything and we're comfortable with one another. And sometimes we don't even talk. And we know what each other's thinking. That's amazing. But it took us years to develop that kind of a relationship. And we've learned when to talk and when to be silent. And we've learned that sometimes a hug, an embrace, is the strongest message that can be given. It's exactly the same way with God and you. It's intended to be a relationship, not an appointment with the doctor or the dentist. It's just you and God time. Listen to this. In that last day, John 7, 37, that great day of the feast, 
Jesus stood and he cried. What, what are you crying about? Now some will say he cried that many, he lifted up his voice. Okay, you want to believe that, that's fine. But I believe that the word cried there means with compassion and with volume he said these words. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and let him drink. He that believeth on me, as the scriptures hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Come here. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying today. I'm concluding this message with this. What Jesus is saying is this right here. Come here. Come here. Well, I, I don't feel worthy. Maybe I, maybe I need to go somewhere and repent and you know, get all my life cleaned up and ironed out and, and be holy and be perfect and, and then I can come to you. No, 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 no. Come here. You're broken, you're lonely, you're hurting. Here's my prayer request. Come here. I got something I wanna say to you. I got something I wanna give you. I got something that you need. Will you answer my prayer request and you get to conclude this service? You can either say, yes, Lord, I'm staying, I'm listening, I want to be your man, 